Hello and welcome back to the Omaha Podcast, where Omaha's most successful entrepreneurs help your business grow. I'm your host, Matt Tompkins of Two Brothers Creative, and I want you to imagine an artist, you know, a painter, a sculptor. Now there's a good chance that in our heads right now, we have an image of a starving artist. But the reality is that you do not have to be a starving artist if you simply take a different approach. On today's episode, we are joined by Jeff Katurba, who embodies the artistic passion that we admire so much, as well as how to make a living doing it. Today, we'll learn exactly how to turn your passion into profit with all the resources for you to make it happen today. We've been in that place before. A lot of people, they find their, their passion, what they love to do. It can be any form of artistic expression. And there's the old saying about, you know, you have to be a starving artist, or that's the image we have. And that isn't the only option. There's a lot of things you can do, a lot of really effective things we're gonna talk about today to turn your passion into profit. And that don't even involve actually selling your physical art. There's just a lot of opportunities and outlets right now. We're joined by a good friend of mine, I, I think still, right? Is yeah, that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> still, Who are you again? No, um, yeah. uh, Matthew, and this is uh, Christopher. And you're on the Omaha podcast. Um, no, I've known, <laughs> known Jeff for a long time. Uh, most people know your name. You know, you're the award-winning cartoonist. For better and for worse. Yeah, for, for better and for worse. Uh, I got to kind of hang out with you more uh, when my wife had a book and you had a book and you know everybody has a book. Uh, you're, but yours is really interesting. I, I learned that, and apparently I didn't remember it, that you didn't get struck by lightning twice. That's not in your bio, just once? It's just once. And it's so funny, Matt, because it it truly is an, it has become an urban legend. And when I tell people, when they, they ask me, they say, hey, what was it like getting struck by lightning? So I tell them the story, which I think is pretty entertaining. <laughs> and then they say, okay, tell me about the other time. And so you know, it was just the once, and they're like, they're like disappointed. <laughs> like maybe, maybe oh. you just don't remember the other. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's I mean, yeah, point. getting struck by lightning, the odds of that are you know astronomical. But then twice, it's like yeah. If, when you preface it that way, you got struck by lightning only once. Only once. I know, and it's weird though. It has taken on a, a life of its own, and people that I've never met will ask me about the second time. Mm -hmm. So. Well, you know, Jeff, I want to talk to you. We want to talk to you today about uh, what you're doing now with Patreon and some of the mm -hmm. just really fascinating ways that artists can make money doing what they love. Uh, start off, we started off both of us in industries that have been gutted. I mean, the radio industry and uh, print obviously is, you know, there's lots of layoffs and firing. So th you have to find alternative ways to make a living mm -hmm. and do what you love. Uh, how did you even get the notion or where did you start once you left the World Herald to kind of find your outlet that works? Yeah, and I I, I didn't leave on, uh, you know, it wasn't my choice. It was their choice and that's fine. It was uh, about two years ago when they uh, gave, gave the call and said, you're done basically. And I had no chance to say thank you or goodbye to readers uh, after having been there uh, 31 years and about wow. 12,000 cartoons later. And I know that because my mom clipped every single one of them out of the paper. So I was I was heartbroken in the way that it that it happened. But honestly, uh, I got the call, it was a Friday morning, and I said, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna allow myself to be angry today. And it was mid-afternoon when I realized I'm not even angry. I'm still hurt, because I wanted to say, I people weren't sure what happened but uh, I felt liberated, honestly. And um, my, my, my son, uh, who's a creative and an entrepreneur, he'd already been encouraging me um, 
I, I could see the future. I knew the future. I knew it was coming. I was one of maybe 20-ish full-time newspaper cartoonists left in America. Wow. So it wasn't, it wasn't a huge, it was still disappointing, but it wasn't a huge shock. And I knew that eventually that day would come and, and my, my son kept saying, dad, you, you, you know, let's, let's talk about Patreon and some other things. And, uh, and, and I had been following um, a good friend of mine, uh, Oliver G, who has a podcast uh, called The Earful Tower. He's, ba- he's an Australian based in Paris and uh, we've become good friends and I've kind of been following what, you know, I'd been following what he was doing. So uh, really it was within hours after that phone call uh, from the editor of the newspaper that I thought, well, I guess, I guess I got the, you know, the kick in the pants that I needed. And within, uh, within a week or so, I had Patreon up and launched and it, it, it's been doing really well actually. And for anybody who doesn't know Patreon, it's a, a subscription platform mm-hmm. and they have everything from podcasts, videos, you know, art, uh, really anything. And I think, I mean, the there's the other one, OnlyFans, that's uh, known for other other types of expressions of <laughs> right. art, right? Um, and they take a pretty big cut. I think they take like 20%. So with Patreon, it's a lot better uh, take take away take home for the uh, the artist uh, when you're putting stuff up. It's fascinating to watch you and so many other talented people in radio, television, and print specifically who were let go due to you know budget cuts or constraints mm-hmm. and have turned into these major success stories. Going out, finding a way to do their own thing, and I just think back. I mean, it seems like industries don't think 10, 20 years in advance, so it's kind of up to us or you to do that. Do it yourself. Absolutely, and it's these old school models. You know, whether it's uh, uh, and there are there are certainly uh, outliers and those who are thinking ahead, obviously. uh, But some of these old school models, and I would include uh, some traditional book publishing in that as well. And I I went through that when my my memoir was published uh, in two thousand nine, and. There, a lot of these places are still doing things the old way. And I, I remember even at the newspaper that it took a, a long time for some uh, people at the newspaper to fully accept that this thing called the internet was coming. And so I, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. It's what led me to become a cartoonist. I didn't really go to school for it. I, I studied art and journalism in high school and college, but I pretty much carved my own path uh, in part because there really isn't a place to go to college to become an editorial cartoonist and also I'm stubborn and I like to do things on my own. So I, I already feel like I had that entrepreneurial spirit and and again, it was so liberating, um, you know, launching on Patreon because suddenly I had as much freedom as I wanted and I didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, being, being edited and, uh, you know, some might use the term censorship. I'm careful with that word because to me that applies more to a government censoring what, what can be said but having said that, I was I was limited uh, quite a bit actually in what I was able to say. So, Patreon allows me to be free. Um, I'm still not making uh, the kind of money that I would have been making at the newspaper, but I, it's allowing me to continue drawing cartoons, and then I'm I, then I'm able to send those cartoons out to 700 plus other newspapers around around America. So now I get you know I'm still getting hate mail. It's just. <laughs> I'm not drawing drawing local stuff, which yeah. is also weirdly liberating because now I can just live in Omaha and enjoy the city. Yes, I have my frustrations with certain things, but I don't have this obligation. I don't feel this obligation that, oh, I'm mad about something in Omaha. Now I have to comment on it. I can just be, I'm just an Omaha citizen who happens to be commenting on things around the globe. I like to call Jeff every now and then and just say, hey, what are you angry about right now? Like, tell me. Tell <laughs> draw, me. It, draw it for me. Shoot uh, it over. 
Christopher, you've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs too, artists who have to figure out their path. And I'm curious if what you've seen lines up with kind of Jeff's uh, process of, cause you don't know, again, if you, you don't know what you don't know. So people that don't know where a subscription service even is, how to build a website, how to properly do social media. I'm curious kind of how your process worked, Jeff, and if that's similar to what you've seen. Well, that was, that leads right into a question that I had. So when you got that kick in the seat, like mm -hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs do, um, or some people, they, they in a similar situation where maybe they've left a job that they've had and, or they have a passion that they want to pursue. What did you have to learn or, or how did you overcome the overwhelm of needing to learn all of that new information? Uh, I'm still learning it two years in and I'm still going back and tweaking and, but I, I uh, allowed myself to, to be open and, uh, and not stuck in my ways. And I, I, I actually, I feel like there, there are things, at least for me, cartooning is one of them. I, I feel like it keeps me young and I feel like having an openness to the world in terms of that entrepreneurial spirit and learning new things keeps my brain, my thinking fresh. And so I, I certainly uh, had multiple conversations with people who, with whom I put my son and uh, my girlfriend and others about, hey, what, you know, what should I be thinking about? And then I talked to my friend Oliver, the, the podcaster in Paris, and I did a lot of reading and I asked around and I studied and was observant and I did the work. That's the thing, like as an entrepreneur, you know, you still have to show up and probably even work Harder, 10 yeah. times harder, yeah. you know, to make it happen. But, um, you know, it, it, having the, the, the freedom to do what I want to do and and work from anywhere, and especially since I, I made the jump to drawing digitally, um, you know, I, w I was actually speaking of Paris. I was uh, in Paris a year ago. I'm going to be going there again soon. And I'm literally making my deadline. I'm on a train uh, in France on an iPad make, drawing my cartoon. And uh, it, it's amazing. And I'm making my deadline. But, you know, it's again, it is it's that hard work. And, and you know, maybe one of the difficult things for me with Patreon has been um, educating folks, especially those who don't know what Patreon is. And I've had some people say, well, why don't you just put a donate button on Facebook? So, well, no, I'm not asking for donation. This is a subscription model for a, an actual thing that you are receiving. So you're, you're needing to spend time and resources educating people on how to even access your work. It, yes, and it, yes. Uh, it, it sort of reminds me of drawing a cartoon, um, especially when I was drawing a lot of local cartoons at the newspaper, there might've been a news story that was covered locally, but didn't have a, a lot of coverage. So a lot of people didn't know about it, but it was important. So I would have to find a way to quickly educate the reader very quickly and then make a comment on it. And that tends to slow things down a little bit. So I'm finding there have been times when I've had to do the same thing with Patreon, like, hey, support me on Patreon if you're not already doing so. But by the way, here's what Patreon is. And it's, you know, finding that balance of, and also not being heavy handed, like I try to be gentle in my nudges on social media and I, I'm, all, I'm truly grateful to those who are supporting me. And I don't want it to feel like you gotta do it and I feel awkward, like I had coffee with a friend the other day and he said, I'm sorry I haven't subscribed yet. I was like, it's okay, it, you know, if it's not for you, that's fine. I don't want it to be uh, a thing, but I really do hope all my friends subscribe. People may not even know that if it is or isn't for them because I, right. like Matt said, I don't mm -hmm. think that enough people actually know what the platform offers. Right, 
exactly. Yeah. We're gonna make this super easy. I'm a, you know, I talk, we talk about show notes on podcasts. It, today's show notes are <laughs> literally the best I think I've ever put together. In fact, Wendy uh, shared it with her entire class at UNO because it is 16 different sites, platforms, places where it's either subscription models, and that's not including Patreon. These are all other ways uh, any artist can find freelance work and find opportunities, jobs, all that stuff. So we'll have that in the show notes here as a resource. What kind of what I was hearing there that perhaps the first two things you have to do is believe it's possible, mm -hmm. number one, because uh, I had that same thing in radio of all places. They said, oh, there's no future in podcasts. Like, you know, you would think they're the first to see that. So you have to believe it, believe in yourself. And then you have to treat, treat it like a business. You have to treat your social media like a business and you have to take it seriously and put in the time. Was that hard for you to adapt and I guess maintain that? No, that's a great question, but I, I, I consider myself a hard worker anyway. I'm a dreamer and I, I've, I, you know, for whatever reason, I, I have been instilled with tons of dreams and ideas. And I know lots of people, I'm sure we, we all do, lots of people who have great ideas and they don't do anything with it. And it's so frustrating. I, I, I know artists and other creatives who are 10 times funnier than I am, but they don't do anything with it. I think, uh, would you agree that today, and Chris, you've seen this you know, probably more than me even just in person, we are in kind of a content creator gold rush. Uh, it is in demand probably more than any industry right now, and you can do it from anywhere. The, the trick is being good, a great original content for marketing or whatever it might be, commercial use, uh, or just like you're doing with your subscription service. Uh, but I think that that's, that's a motivating factor to me to think, okay, we're, there is a reason this is so popular and effective. It's because a lot of people need it, a lot of people want it. I mean, there's more options for content now than ever before. There's a high demand for it, and the gig economy has become obviously mm -hmm. very popular. You know, people aren't looking for that nine to five any longer. They want to be able to have the flexibility to to work on the train if they want mm -hmm. to, or work from work from a hotel room or a balcony overlooking overlooking an ocean. <laughs> you know, I don't know how often you get an opportunity to do that. No, not as often as I'd like, but I, it's the the freedom is there if it if if the possibility you know if, uh, the opportunity presents itself. The only thing is, I can't do any quiet quitting on my own business. <laughs> So, because I know that's kind of the catchphrase late, lately, and uh, and I do. It, it's funny because I, I I I actually had a chance to live in Europe for a couple of years while still working at the newspaper, and it was sort of a it wasn't like a secret, but I didn't make a big thing of it. And it was weird because I was able to draw uh, about Omaha and Nebraska issues from the Alps, which is kind of mind blowing in and of itself, and it gave me this whole different perspective. Uh, not only on Omaha and on Nebraska, but on the world and on Europe. And I, I love the, the European model of, you know, in some countries it's like illegal to check your email or have your boss email you after hours or on the weekend. And that's so civilized. And I love I love the concept of, you know, your work is your work, but you really, you know, I love France and all that. And I love the idea that, you know, we don't define ourselves by our jobs. And uh, I think that's highly important. So it's maybe a little bit ironic or whatever that I'm you know, working so hard, but I try to keep that in mind that I am not defined by, by my work. And yes, 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 you have to work hard. You have to put in the time, but my gosh, you also have to just enjoy your kids and grandkids yeah. and, and family time and reading a book. And recently I, actually started reading a book again and it was like this secret joy of holding a physical book and with a cup of coffee ah so great 
I think having discipline, that's, that was probably the biggest, or has been, continues to be the, the biggest challenge for me as an artist. You, yeah, your mind is always going like 24 hours a day, but having the, the discipline to follow through consistently on the practical, the boring stuff, people look at it that way, you know, like I have to do this, I have to do it right, I have to continue doing it every single day. I think discipline is probably the kind of the third key there that at least I recognize. Was it discipline hard for you to, commit on the business side of things. And I mean, cause I know you're always doing the art and the, you know, the expression 24 hours yeah, a day probably. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. You know, weirdly, weirdly, uh, as, as far as the business part of, uh, you know, Patreon and all that stuff, I actually, I'd actually almost rather do just that. The, the creative part sometimes is, is exhausting and I love it. I love creating a cartoon that I'm proud of. And it's the reason that I'm doing this. But, you know, when I get up in the morning and I don't have an idea and I'm looking at the news and, you know, the news hasn't always been pleasant lately in case we hadn't noticed. And it's like, OK, what am I going to draw about today? And what can I what thing can I find that's meaningful in in today's news and not personally get depressed? Yeah. Right. And so sometimes that is a challenge. And honestly, weirdly, just working the business side sometimes is almost like I'll go to a coffee shop with my laptop and I'm like, oh, I'm just emailing people because their credit card expired. That's, you know, hey, hey Joe, hey, good to, good to blah, blah, Is that blah. how you type? That <laughs> is exactly how I type, it's how I draw. Now that I'm drawing digital. Like a mar yes, marionette, yeah, marionette puppets yeah. doing his typing for him. As That's a, why I do, I just, yeah. people, people see me walking down the street like, well, it's because I hit by lightning and. <laughs> uh, it's just but, but that business, yeah. that business part of what you're doing is a whole different mindset. It's not the creative side at all. No. It's just doing tasks and completing tasks. But your your business is also your passion. So you're really blessed in that regard. Uh, but we we you know on this podcast we talk a lot about how we can help small business owners and entrepreneurs. And what kind of lessons could somebody that's looking to take that leap uh, take from your experience that you're experiencing right now? Yeah, great question. Uh, listening to people, regardless of what it is, and I would, you know, I, I don't actually see what I'm doing as a cartoonist to be any different than any startup, than a food truck or anything else. It's like you're providing a service, you're you're, and you're listening to people. What do the customers want? What are they What are they needing? But also, I'm a big believer in that and listening. But also, trying to see a little bit into the future. And, and I, you do that by, of course, observing and keeping your ear to the ground and reading and consuming, but also walking, taking a breath, being silent, just, just living in the world and observing and seeing what's happening, like what problems need to be solved in the world with the product, with, with the restaurant, whatever it is, and being open to all those things and somehow letting that, letting your subconscious brain sort of work out some problem solving for you. Uh, so that's how I see it. I, I just happen to draw cartoons and do other things, but it could easily be any other any other startup. Well, you mentioned quiet quitting on yourself or not quiet quitting yeah. on yourself. Can you explain that? Yeah, I mean, this whole idea of quiet quitting and that, you know, that uh, rather than employees uh, just quitting they can they they're like nope i'm not going to hustle 24 7 for you boss i'm going to shut my laptop laptop off at four o'clock i'm not going to be answering emails in the middle of the night or on the weekends and there's a part of me that really i mean i really do understand that and appreciate that especially if you're you know yes i believe in hard work and all of that but but it's also again important to take time for yourself and i do think that when you do that when you take 
quiet time. My, my cousin, uh, who was an artist in, in Boston, when I was a kid, she taught me this uh, phrase, uh, fertile indolence. And I love it because yes, work, push through, you don't have an idea, you keep going, you keep going. Every once in a while, the best thing you can do is stop and take a walk and do nothing and allow your mind to quiet, be more mindful, allow those, allow your, your brain is still working on your behalf like a supercomputer. And you know, it's that light bulb moment. And so I do think that it is important to build time into your schedule to maybe quiet quit in little micro doses. I'm also a big believer in naps. Uh, and I think that's important too. But quiet quitting when you have a job is possible. Yeah. But when, when you are your boss, you can't, you just can't. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah, right, because I am pretty much working nonstop, but I try to be mindful to to put little mini breaks into my day throughout the day if I can, even if it even if it's literally just a five minute close my eyes or twenty minutes of reading, and I, I I will go to a coffee shop or someplace without all of my devices and with a book or with a notebook to just sit and it's uncomfortable but i make it happen because i do think that that is actually part of the the it's part of the work it's part of the creativity it, and you need that you can't you we're not machines we can't just keep going 24 7. but again having said that um you can't you can't do those that quiet quitting microdose for you know you can't do that for like weeks at a time otherwise the money runs out very quickly. right <laughs> I, there's actually science that backs that up like they studied that with elite athletes uh, there's a great book i know i recommended to christopher called micro resilience and it's about things like multitasking or not taking a break that are actually make you you know 40 to 50 percent less productive and stress you out more make you more exhausted so it seems counterintuitive to say i need to take a nap because I've got a ton of work to get done, but it actually, it does help. One, so one big area I think a lot of anybody who's doing something on their own, if it's their first time or they've been doing it a while, is establishing what is your value? Like, what are you gonna charge people for this? What is my worth? I think as artists, we are, our identity is attached to what we're doing. And so we'll sometimes fold, you know, I've done that where you have somebody say, ah, I don't wanna pay you that much, I'll pay you this, you know? And it's like, oh, okay, I'll take it. Cause you just feel like you have yeah. to. So how did you establish your value? And then how do you maintain that, maintain the, the commitment to yourself? Uh, before I answer that, can I just take a quick microdose nap? <laughs> no. Can we all do that? No, that's, that is tough. And especially, I mean, it, you, know, I, I, you know, as a freelancer or uh, again, and, and that's how I started out. Of course, yeah, when you're starting out, you're like so grateful. And you know, of course the old adage like, well, we can't pay anything, but you'll get exposure. And, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I don't, I, I still have people say that to me. Well, I can't pay, like, no. Uh, but, but I'll post is, something for you. Really. I'll, yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. It is tough. And especially, you know, like I don't, for what I'm doing, I don't have a lot of comparisons actually. So, um, and there are only a few editorial cartoonists on Patreon, for example. So I've kind of had to feel my way through that. And when I take on a freelance project, I try to kind of gauge what it's worth, you know, my, and again, I go back, my son is so great about this. You know, he's like, well, you know, we, we have these discussions about what my time is worth and what I'm willing to, you know, what do I want out mm -hmm. of this? And it is interesting, um, I, I, as a side example, when I had, when I was playing in my, my swing band a lot, I, I actually didn't enjoy, like we, I love playing in bars, concerts, outdoor festivals. I didn't really enjoy playing weddings. 
And I, I never charged enough. And I always felt like, um, I don't wanna be that guy, like, well, it's a wedding, I'm gonna double charge you triple. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like playing weddings. So I actually tripled what we were asking and people still paid yeah. it. Cause it's like, I don't wanna do this, but if I'm going, if you really want me, then you made it worth it. it to you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I've kind of taken that as a lesson uh, a little bit with like, especially with freelance, with the, the editorial cartoons, I was just kind of feeling it out, just trying to figure out like what the different tiers would be and what value I can offer at those various tiers. And it was just sort of this organic process. I don't have like a set answer, but that, that, I still I still don't know, actually. It's, it's weird, it's like a blind faith because we did the exact same thing back when we were playing in a band. And it it's, I don't know, you probably have more experience with a specific process to determine that. But what I found is kind of what you said, you just establish this is what my time is worth for every hour I mm-hmm. commit to anything. Mm-hmm. And then how many hours is it gonna take me to, to get this done, you know? You've probably heard it before where you, you can offer uh, you can offer a consumer a choice. You can get it fast, you can get it cheap, you can get it good. You can choose two of those things, but you can't have all three. So if, if you want it fast and cheap, it's probably not gonna be good. If you want it cheap and good, it's not gonna be fast. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. it's there's, there's ways to be able to create that value. Yeah. Um, so I put together some of these different tips and I kind of want to run these by you almost like five, you know, it's like, it's not clickbait, five, five things to make money doing what you love now. Uh, but they are helpful and they hit on a lot of things that you've talked about today. Uh, so I may want to write these down. <laughs> you, might, you can, I'll give you a copy before you leave. I'll look at uh, the show notes. <laughs> so first you have to know about the different ways that you can make money with your art, like discovering Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's subscription blogs. You can create your own website, a lot of opportunities there. Uh, you treat it like a business, especially especially social media, because that's a major driver for um, for someone who's doing art specifically, I would think, right? Oh, absolutely, and I don't really have any other, I don't love being on social media, it is an But it's a business, yeah. It's a business, yeah. and I work it as a business, and try to give value, it is about giving value uh, as much as you can before you go in for those asks. You know, but De- determining your value, which we just talked yeah. about, what is your rate? What are you going to charge? And then uh, don't quit your day job just yet. That's an important one. I think, you know, people, we get excited. We say, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the leap. Mm-hmm. We quit everything and we, we go home and we start working and all of a sudden the panic sets in. Like, well, I have all this money saved, but man, it took me years to build that up. And what am I going to do? And you start questioning your own artistic process. So your work isn't as good as it could be. So did, I mean, did you have kind of a track record leading up to, I mean, you didn't decide to leave unfortunately, but did you kind of have build up some different work and freelance opportunities? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have always had always done some of that anyway, and had always thought in the back of my mind. I mean, when I was hired at the newspaper, they, they hired me on a quote unquote trial basis. And before, before that, you know, throughout my 20s, I was hustling. And before there, before there was the internet, I was like trying to figure out ways. I created my own. I was drawing sports cartoons for the Kansas City Star. They weren't paying me very much, so I thought, well, how can I monetize this? So I, I created a, a syndicate, a, a sports cartoon syndicate, uh, with a PO box in Ralston. But they didn't. Nobody knew it. And and my uh, I read all these sales books, and I'm not a salesperson. And uh, my first cu- customer was the Los Angeles Times, which was amazing. Yeah. I sent off like these mailers, uh, you know, these little brochures, the phone number, and I actually, you know, started getting clients and I, and I had little index cards, you know, but like I, I, so I'd all always had that entrepreneurial spirit. My dad had that 
and uh, my family, everyone in my family sort of has that. So I, I had that mindset, and, I, and, and when I was hired on a trial basis at the newspaper, um, I, in the back of my mind, I always thought, well, I'm sort of on this long-term trial basis of 30 yeah. years, and at any day, it could end, and it did. And so, you know, it, so in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, okay, and even before Patreon, it was like, well, what else could I do? And it's not like I could just go to another newspaper because there aren't there aren't other cartoon jobs, cartooning jobs mm -hmm. in America. There haven't been for a long time. So I knew that it would be something else. And But I also thought that would not be the worst thing. That would be actually exciting. And what other kinds of things, you know, so I write, I edit, I do other things, I play music. So what else could I do potentially? And just keeping an open mind and honestly thinking maybe it's something completely different. Maybe it's, I don't know, just becoming a barista or which I, I mean that in the best possible way. Like I fantasize sometimes about being a barista or a bartender. Me too. I fantasize about you being a barista. <laughs> I do too. Well, I'll make you a coffee. I love, to, I love connecting with people and I love talking with people and I love serving. And I, and I think that truly it's a passion of mine to serve. And that just like, I appreciate a good coffee shop or a good bartender. And I just think it's so important to serve others, whatever it is we're doing, to be kind and to listen to others. And whether it's cartoons or serving coffee. Well, you're serving a gift, you know, in what you do. But you, it sounds like you were, you were gigging and hustling before gigging and hustling was cool, before the newspaper. Did you have a day job or were, were you always pursuing this passion? I was always pursuing it. I knew from an early age that I wanted to do something with art or cartooning. I didn't know exactly what that looked like. I didn't think it would be politics. I, I don't like politics. I'm not some insider, but I think that makes me a better uh, political cartoonist. But yeah, I had been, um, I was bagging groceries at Baker's um, and I didn't like going out into the cold. Uh, that's back when you carry groceries out for others. So I got onto sign duty and apparently I was encroaching on someone's territory and they told the manager that I didn't have artistic ability, so I was fired from making signs wow. at, at the, the grocery store. Uh, but I worked- Your arrows went the wrong direction. Uh, <laughs> apparently, I guess, I don't know. Red's uh, not down this aisle. Everything's free in the store. Everything 100% off. I'm um, not good at math. Uh, but no, like, and I, I, I was working at, at, yeah, tons of odd jobs. Uh, I was a janitor, I played in bands, I you know, did all these, worked at various little weekly newspapers doing paste up and you know that's back when you actually physically pasted up a, a, a page um, worked at an insurance company and customer service uh, so yeah did all kinds of odd quirky jobs and uh, yeah and I, I you know and I, I guess I I've never stopped thinking that way even when I had the full-time job I was still taking on little side hustles I don't know just just because I don't know and I think that there's there's more to this than I think people give it credit. And that is, you know, when you're taking these side gigs or just even your full-time gig, but you wanna do, you know, you're passionate about art or music or whatever it might be, you wanna do that full-time and that alone. In the meantime, though, it, it is fulfilling uh, in a, to a large degree to do a form of what you love. So, you know, you may not, you know, I didn't, when I first started radio, the first FM job was on a modern country uh, music station and playing Taylor Swift when she was like brand new. And there was even a, a country pirate phase, like pirate country music. <laughs> that Guys, they dressed up like I'd, pirates. Are you sure? Sang, yes. Are you sure that was I, well, I know, we had to play it like <laughs> twice an hour, every hour. I didn't love the, that format necessarily. That wasn't for me necessarily, but I was doing radio. I was in front of a microphone and you know, you have to, you have to make those, uh, 
you have to make those sacrifices if you want to call that and not be so rigid. Nope, that's not, you know, I'm, I'm a purist. I'll only do what I want to love to do and that's it, you know? Well, and that goes, I mean, I said, mentioned I, do, I was doing sports cartoons and I, you know, I was an average sports fan, but I wasn't like some big sports guy, but I had this opportunity to freelance these sports cartoons and I was doing that when I was bagging groceries. So I would come, I would come home, I was playing in the band and whatever, but I would be drawing these cartoons in the middle of the night, um, you know, basically uh, f wrapping up around three or four in the morning, maybe getting an hour nap and then heading to the grocery store to, to stock baby food uh, on the shelf. So back to that hustle, that hustling spirit, like losing sleep, uh, you know, which I, I struggle with that whole concept again, like, yes, you have to push through, you have to work hard, you absolutely do, but it's important to take time for yourself. But again, I don't think I would have, I believe I made my a lot of my own breaks. I've had I've had some luck come my way, but you really do create that, and you do that by working hard and putting in the time, and and probably losing sleep. And you know, I think a lot of artists to take can take away from this, or any entrepreneur, that there are so many new opportunities that we've been talking about today. A bunch more in the show notes. I mean, you don't have to have a publisher or put out a physical book. You can just write a, a like a children's book or whatever it might be, and post it on Amazon and sell it, or start a YouTube channel, or write an ebook book that you can you know, explain or do tutorials or YouTube channel. There's so many ways to do what you love or a form of what you love and you're proof of that. So I appreciate you coming on uh, the show. I'll put all these links for you in our show notes. I keep mentioning, I, I put a lot of time into these just, just I, I for you. No, I appreciate so. it. Well, you know, I'm also, good, I'm starting a new platform for, for my books and it's just gonna be in cartoons. Uh, via telepathy. Oh. So you don't even have to, it just sweet. Well, we Point have to your brain. Hey, you're seeing the future. <laughs> we have uh, your website, we have your Patreon, everything linked in the show notes uh, so people can check it out. And hopefully you understand what Patreon is. Uh, you, we may not fully understand uh, the Jeff Keturba, but you know, <laughs> take a, a couple more decades. I don't know. Uh, you can hear him on uh, KVNO, right? You're KVNO, filling in uh, here and there for in. Otis 12 here locally in Omaha, of course, at your website and uh, doing all kinds of, you got another book coming out maybe? Uh, Possibly, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. you're not gonna break the big announcement here? Uh, I'll come back and do that. <laughs> if you'd ever have me back. Yes, yes, we'd love to have you back. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks so much. Big thanks to Jeff Katerba for joining us here today on the podcast. You can find out more about Jeff and you can find all those extensive resources for you in our show notes. On the next episode of the Omaha Podcast, we're gonna learn when to take the big risk as a business.